With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. up this morning looking for my shoes look behind the trunk found the hesitation blues lordy tell me how long lordy tell me how long will i have to wait will i have to wait can i get you now can i get you now must i hesitate Take me rock away from here, Lordy. Tell me how long. Lordy, tell me how long. Will I have to wait? Will I have to wait? Can I get you now? Can I get you now? Must I hesitate? Yep. 
You should get on the <laughs> black bed sheet book train. Oh, he, he will. He will. Nick said. All right, a couple yep. of show announcements I want to make. Um, uh, next Sunday night, we're not going to do a show next Sunday night. Instead, we're going to do it Saturday afternoon. And we're going to talk to Joe Schmo about this show because we're going to be talking about the convention. What is it? What? Days of the Dead. Days of the Dead. And there's going to be a book release with that with Black Bedsheet Books and Joe Schmo. He's working his ass off. Everybody's working their ass off to make this very successful. And it's going to be great. The first one, which was The Peach. Georgia Peach one, which was in Georgia, which is close to my hometown. So we're going to be doing that one, and Tom and William and everybody that's listening right now, we will let you know when that will happen at the exact time. So you're not going to be like, oh, no, we're going live now, so you better get on the show. Also, the comedic. Uh, Minty, the comedic arts, big YouTuber. He's got yep. a lot of followers. He's going to be calling us all the way from Australia. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. yeah Minty, I'm, 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 he's, yeah, he's got. I, I actually, um, I've, I've been a uh, subscriber to his channel for about three and a half years. So he's got some good stuff on there. Yeah, he does. And he's he's funny. He's and you know one thing he did say please don't talk politics and we don't talk politics here. So, no. uh, Nicholas Garbowski. Oh, yeah. So those are a few Nick. shows that we're working on and we're hoping to get Jason Hignite on the show who's doing a lot of great things right now and uh, we're we're going to keep developing these shows and keep them going. Because our numbers are extremely high, and we're really excited about this. Nick, what's going on with Black Blade Chip Books? Oh, well, hey, everybody. Um, got a few announcements to make uh, uh, before we really, we really kick things off. Um, actually, uh, we, just, uh, we just published uh, the new uh, Days of the Dead anthology, even though... Um, the Las Vegas convention next weekend has been postponed until June, which uh, uh, was a great, great idea. I was waiting for them to do that because a lot of the celebrities were, were pulling out and everything, and because of the climate of, uh, you know, everything going on and such, it's just a good idea. Um, but um, at the same time, though, the book must go on. So... Nevada Necromance, um, the uh, the second in our Days of the Dead anthology series, is out this weekend. So it's out on uh, our website, blackbedsheetbooks.com, and uh, also Amazon, going to be popping up uh, at Barnes Noble and all around, everywhere. Everywhere books are sold. So that, and with that said, we've got some uh, new ones that are coming out. Um, before the end of the month, like L.A. Nance's uh, Incubus Succubus, which has been a long time coming. And also, Raina Young has a cool uh, women's horror anthology that is coming up before the end of the month. It's being edited right now, and that is groovy cool. And um, and then also we got Rochelle Dillon, the, the author of the short Bonesai, 
the story about the Godzilla penis. Um, she is coming out with a a, a whole novel called um, the the. Uh, well, I'm not even going to. I'm not. I'm going to leave it as a surprise this week. So you you got to like pay attention to our group page on Facebook, uh, Black Betsy Books, and also our official page. More people pay more attention to the group page than the official page, of course, but that's great because our group page is more interactive. Just got over 900 members just the other day, just over 900, trying to reach for 1,000 and beyond. Um, but um, on the other hand, you know, there's this thing um, on uh, on Facebook. Uh, uh, one author, uh, not one of our authors yet, but uh, uh, an author um, uh, messaged me earlier today, and I get messages like this from from writers all the time, and uh, it has a lot to do with how they're a little bit disillusioned about social media and about promoting their books and everything because they're they're relatively relatively young. They don't really uh, they haven't really got their foot into everything, and they are so. Um, um, promotional about their stuff and so aggressive that the lack of response makes them feel like they're uh, makes them feel insecure and angry and um and i i just i i rarely do this but uh without giving away who it is i want to read what i sent to them just about an hour ago and um it might be inspirational to the listeners and it goes something like this. I have a radical idea that may, that you may or may not agree with, but it has always worked for me. And if you disagree, that's perfectly A-OK. Our writing is important to us and important to us for others to read. We don't want to just write stuff, whether blogs or books or poetry or whatever, and keep it all in a closet. You have your books, you have your blog, you have your this, and desire to be published and have more and more people read what you write and actually dig it. Therefore, you must be patient and tolerant and courteous, especially with the assholes. You don't want to make enemies who can spread negativity around about you because you reacted in the same way you feel they did to you. It's really a golden rule all around, no matter what your profession, because if you react with love, it helps make for a better world. Inwardly, it's okay to be frustrated when you're trying to get your work and voice noticed, and I've seen so many authors get so desperate at the lack of positive response to their works that they get disillusioned, angry, and because of that, they butt heads with so many people in social media. The answer to your being so pissed off lies from within, and you must reevaluate that and learn to respect and tolerate others in the kind of way you want them to do for you, even if they don't. I'm not telling you to kiss ass. I'm advising you to promote kindness. Your blogs and books and work, and you are worth it. Build a positive response. Uh, and uh, I, I lost my thing. <laughs> uh, build a positive response and a positive reputation. Social media is not a contest, and neither is life. It takes a while, but you'll find that how you handle things makes all the difference. It's not about them. It's about you. 
So I thought that that was really cool. And, you know, and that, that is really important for people to understand, too, especially people just starting out in the industry or with trying to get their works out and such and everything. The lack of response in it, you just have to have patience and you have to, you have to build yourself and approach people with kindness and stuff. I mean, I've learned that over and over and over again. It's like sometimes keep some of your opinions to yourself and just promote the kindness and encourage people instead of butting heads with people. It's very important. We all want to get our works out. We all want to get people to read our stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, so so that that's uh, pretty much the way it is. And uh, so with that said, also moving on, uh, with Black Bedsheet Books, we've got a lot of great stuff stuff coming uh, for the spring not just this month but I mean for well forever <laughs> as long as I live I'm going to be pumping out books that and I'm publishing from people so uh, and that's a joy to me and it's my um, my uh, lot in life as C3PO said it's also um, it inspires me. That's what I'm all about is writing my own stuff and then publishing other people's stuff and getting the word out about their stuff and making the world a better place through our writing. Um, and, uh, you know, and in this day and age with all this stuff going on, I even just messaged just a half an hour ago one writer that was really concerned about um, the stuff going on right now, and I told him what I always tell people, no matter what the circumstances are, um, writing is therapy, and if you fear something, write about it, and that's what horror writing is all about, is taking your fears, fictionalizing them, and putting it on paper for others to read. It not only makes great entertainment for people, but it also pours your emotions out and just it's a release for you so you know yeah i i i'm rarely so philosophical on francie's show but a lot of the stuff that i've seen on facebook and responding to today really kind of inspired me to like share it with you all so um with that said uh and um and and uh uh with that said um chris miller are you here I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can yep, hear you. We hear you. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so, okay, I will give you over to Francie for now. I'm the terrible one. Awesome. Hey, Chris. Oh my gosh. Hey. I, you you've done a lot of books, and Nick is always bragging about you, but I've never really had. I I think this is the first time you've been on the show. It is. It is. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah, and I was strolling through uh, a couple of days ago right before I asked you to be on the show, and I'm like, Chris Miller, wait, he's a Black Bedsheet Books author. Why has he never been on the show? And I asked Nick that, and, he, and Nick was even like, I don't know. Why? So Probably. he automatically said we were talking about it uh a couple of Sundays ago, and he's like, get Chris Miller on the show. I was like, yeah, I should, because you are a very talented writer, and you're also a part Thank of you. the uh, the Horror Writers Association. Yep. Welcome, Chris. Yes, I, I am, so. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, awesome. Let me introduce you. Uh, Tom Sawyer and uh, William Brower. Hey, Chris. Pleasure, How's it guys. going? Thank you, man. Doing well. Doing How's it well. going tonight, man? Oh, it's going. I'm, I'm glad I remembered about the show. Uh, actually, I got so busy today with the kids and everything. About two hours ago, I was like, oh, yeah, I've got to do the show tonight. So I got everybody packed into bed real fast. And anyway, so I'm here. Happy to be here. Well, we're, we're glad you made it as well, too. <laughs> because we've actually had guests that didn't show up, and, you know, that's always been a problem. Um, Chris, uh, <laughs> we got a caller who I, I don't want to keep him on hold much longer. He's been on hold for about 20 minutes now. Um, his name is Jacob. And he wanted okay. to call in and say hi to you. Hey, hey, hey Jacob, are hey, you there? Yes, yes, I'm here. Hey, Chris, how's it going? How's it going, man? It's going good. I have a quick question Excellent. for you. How, you're you're a great writer, by the way. I I think you know who this Thank is, you. but but um, I was just wondering, where do you come up with your story story ideas for your books? Because they're so dark and twisted, but they have a lot of twists and turns. Yeah, so uh, they kind of come from anywhere and everywhere. Sometimes it's something I'll see in the news that'll kind of grow into something. Other times it's just personal life experience. My first novel, A Murder of Saints, was all about a a personal experience I I went through um, at a youth group at a church I was in when I was a kid. Um, And that whole novel sprung from that, from the the what-ifs. and uh, and then stuff like The Damned Place and The Damned Ones, you know, back in, I think it was 2016, when Stranger Things first came out, um, I had just watched the first season, and I was totally hooked. And I had also been rereading probably my favorite novel, which is It uh, by Stephen King. And, of course, I was in that headspace, and I was like, what about – you know, a, a similar coming of age story, but I'm going to put it in Texas, you know, in, in the town that I grew up in, in the, in the time period I grew up in 1990 and, and, and talk about some, uh, some extraordinarily dark things. There was, uh, you know, um, a lot of negative, uh, influences in my life when I was a kid from, uh, various churches we went to. And so a lot of that is evident in, in the book, you know, uh, hypocrisy versus being genuine and, and so on. And, uh, and then I was like, you know, let's just push this envelope as far as it'll go. You know, I, I like it when things go extremely dark and make your jaw hang open. Maybe the, you know, the, the, the general public at large may not always want that, but it's what I want. And I'm the one writing it, so damn it, I'm going to do it my way. Um, but yeah, they yeah. they come from anywhere and everywhere. Yeah, and I always think it's good to introduce people to different genres. I think most like some people only read like mysteries, and then some people only read romance. But some people don't ever read horror. So I always think it's always good to have introduce people to different genres and stuff. So I was one uh, one more quick question, if I may, before. Before I, before I go, I was wondering what, how how long did it take you to come up with the with the sequel to the 
to the damn to the damn place, which is the the damn ones. How how long did it take you to come up with that sequel? Actually, when I first started The Damned Place, the idea was it was going to be a single novel. Um, and I was kind of thinking I was going to take the approach, sort of like the format of It, where it told it, you know, uh, from the kids' point of view and in, in like 1958 or whatever it was, and then them as adults oh. in 1985. Well, mine was 1990 and 2016. And I was going to take a similar approach and tell a, a, a different kind of story. But then it just got way too big, um, and you know, with with uh, printing limitations and small press and self publishing and stuff like that, I think it's like 740 pages is what most of the uh, the printers available for people to use um, is is at. It's like Amazon, Ingram Spark, all that. It's 740 pages, so that wasn't going to happen. Um, but in in the course of of writing it, I realized, you know, I have a complete um, story uh, in both both the uh, the timeline of when they're kids and when they're adults, you know. So I had this massive. It was like something like two hundred and thirty, two hundred forty thousand word document when I finally finished the first draft, and it was just gigantic. And I started going back through and editing and everything, and I was just like, this is just going to be too. This is too much for one book. And luckily, I had the story there for both, so I, I separated them. I edited each uh, independently, and uh, and then I think what we released them somewhere around six-ish months apart. Um, but yeah, I actually wrote them at the exact same time. That, wow. that, that's awesome because I was I was wondering because I, I I read the first book and I'm in, I'm in the middle of the second one, so I haven't quite finished it. So that. I was just curious how that worked, and I just, and I just wanted to say I don't know who made the point in the beginning of the show about people being kind and promoting authors' works. I think that that people need to do people need to do that a lot more because social media has been a little bit negative. So and so I I I have like a Facebook group on Facebook where I like promote authors and all different types of genres. So I think they, that there needs to be more kindness with that area because social, social media can be a brutal brutal place for, like, self-published authors, I can oh, say. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree. Kindness is, is way too scarce nowadays, especially online, whenever you can hold that little keyboard shield up in front of yourself. So. Yeah. Yes, especially especially when need especially when some people don't put pictures up too where they can just type anything. So it's kinda of crazy. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to keep up the good work and I I look forward to do to do to doing stuff with you and my group in the in the future. So keep up the awesome, good work. Man. Thank thank you so uh, much. Uh, Jacob. So kind. Yeah. Yeah, Jacob, uh one thing, are you still there? Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, we, we would love to help you what you're doing because what you're doing is a great thing because you're right, social media is, you know, they're badgering everybody and politics and everything. What you're doing is actually yeah. a really good thing. And I think that maybe 
Skrabowski and William Brower, who is also, you know, uh, author, Tom Sawyer, I'm an author. We would love to support yeah. you in, in your mission of what you're doing. Yes, that, that, that would be, like, really good, because we have, like, tons of authors in our group, and we can always use more authors in our group, because what I do is I, we bring different authors in, and they, they like they they promote their stuff and then they do videos. It's a really good thing. Our group is about has about seventeen hundred members and it keeps growing every day. So it's a really good it's a really good group. Excellent. And what's That's the awesome. name of the group so everyone can look for it? Uh, the 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 group is called uh, Re- Reading Corner, but there's like tons of Reading Corner groups. On Facebook, but it, if you type in re, Reading Corner on Facebook, it should be the first first one that pops up. It has a it has a cover of a book and it's like a goldish brown brown uh, cover book, but it's called Reading Corner. Awesome. That's awesome. I'm, I'm totally gonna check that out. And I I I for one am very privileged. And thankful that you called the show. Thanks so much. And also, one other thing with that group, we we do like what what we do. So I can explain what it is, and then I'll get off. What we do is we do um, we do live chats with the authors where they come in and answer questions about their books, and then I do Facebook live interviews with the authors of the month. Where I I do that through like the the Zoom app, so that way people get exposed to, like, different types of genres because there's a lot of good different types of genres out there that people don't necessarily know about. And I tend to try to go after the authors that are, like, self-published, like Chris and like you guys because you guys don't have the backing of, like, uh, big publicity, uh, big publicity machines like the main four of book publishers. So that's that's our goal at the at the reading corner. So yeah, you'll have to check it out. I and Chris is Chris is also a member of that group. So so Yeah, I, I can, just shared the group with all of them. Okay. Just awesome. that's so they can all find it. Okay. But I just wanted to say keep up the good work and you guys are doing a great show. Thank you so oh, much, man. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you for You're calling welcome. in. Have, have a great night. You, you too. too. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye bye. Ah, that's such a cool caller. That was awesome. I love those colors. You absolutely. Those. That's the absolute best. That was yeah. cool. And 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 I talked to him before because I thought that you know. Tom was a little late calling in. Or, no, William was a little late calling in. I'm sorry, Tom. William was a little late. Yeah, just a few minutes. And I I was the William, and it turned out, and he's like, no, no, I'm Jacob. And I'm like, okay, um, hi. (laughs) And he he mentioned you. He's like, no, I want to talk to Chris Miller tonight. So... You know, there's a guy that is paying attention to you. Yeah, and then that just that 
you know, I mean, I know there's people out there. I've got, you know, quite a few reviews, but it still just stuns me that anybody picks up anything I wrote, you know, to this day. So it's always cool. You, you, you write, you write great stuff. I mean, I Thank I you. talk to Nick. I talk to Nick when he's reviewing books, and it takes a lot for Nick to pick up a book and say, "Okay, I'm going to spend mm-hmm. my money." Because one thing that you know, Black Betsy Books, there's that printing press thing where you pay them money. Nick doesn't charge money. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, he, yeah, he he's does. Traditional. Yeah, he he right. does it out of and he does it and he picks these books because he's going to invest and he definitely want to do it invest in you and I hear him talk about you all the time. That's awesome. You are one of his favorite authors. <laughs> that that's humbling to me. I'm um, so are you. I, I well, I know. Okay, but you so you are one of that, the, you know, he, he he read all these books, and I remember when he picked you out, he's like, oh, I like this book. You know? Yeah. And he doesn't say that every day. I imagine but not. But he does like Chris. Well, and great. he that, believes No, obviously, no pressure if you're, since you're working on some of the news stuff. <laughs> Do what now? I said no pressure there, since you, in case you're working on some new projects. But uh, oh yeah, know, yeah, just... yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always working on something new. So I I can guarantee Nick, would you publish Chris Miller again? Hell no! No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, did you yeah. forget to mail the check? <laughs> Yeah, apparently, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I was telling Chris that um, you are one of his favorite authors next to Tom Sawyer. Oh, one of my you know, did there. favorite authors. Uh, Chris Miller is, uh, um, is, uh, is kind of in a class himself in a way. I mean, I, I kind of class authors together with other authors in my mind. Anyway, and Chris is one of like like Terry Horns. He's more like Terry Horns, which is uh, one of my favorite authors that I published too. Which oh, is yeah. uh, which is more of a like a slasher kind of a uh, um, really raw, um, uh, you know, kind of in your face kind of an author uh, versus like a, a a horror author that's kind of toned it down. That's for a general audience. He is more for like the Clive Barker kind of audience, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you and wow. uh, Chris, you and Tom, you guys don't use so many commas. Don't, don't use so many commas? commas. <laughs> oh, boy. Good <laughs> comma mark. Well, they can sure trip you. You know, yeah, the continuing on check, in so a I just follow what the computer says. Commas are, are too many hats. H-A-T's. <laughs> he hates the commas. <laughs> he hates them. You should hear I'll be sitting here and my and he's like, Oh my god I will not mention any names. He's like are people that think parentheses are common. All the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I'll I'll hear his little 
molecules, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm back in college. Or no, not parentheses, not parentheses. I'm sorry, semicolons. A lot of people think oh, yep. semicolons, commas, all the time. And and your dot dot dots. You hate those dot no, dot. No, I do. I don't mind the dot dot dots. I, my books are my. The Everborn it, it must have a thousand dot dot dots on it. I don't mind them. I was gonna say I have I have a few dot dot dots in both the damn books. Probably everything I've written, at least. <laughs> so. It just depends on how you well, use them. I, that's what all. I don't, what I don't <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I mean, it, it, well, I mean, that, that, that's why what, um, what 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 they should do. Uh, Nick might want to consider doing this. Is also mentioning for any potential uh, you know clients to send their manuscript with a roll of antacids, please, for the uh, editing and uh, review process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's funny You know, the thing about the dot, dot, dots is uh, I, I've been writing for a long time since the 80s And I've always, like, you, in the early days When I used to read a lot more than I, I do lately Because all I do is just uh, is publish And, and, and uh, the greater bulk of my reading is is people that submit to me so I don't mm-hmm. have as much of a luxury to sit down and read for pleasure uh, like I used to, but I try. But the dot, dot, dot things, um, uh, it's like um, it doesn't have to, like, be three dots. It could be four or five. It could be, it, there's no mm-hmm. real rule to literature that you have to, like, limit it to, like, three dots or, like, have a, 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 a space after the three, you know, all that stuff. But that's all. I see that yeah. all the time editing and everything it's like just it, 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 the dots if the dots you feel the dots are called for it just don't make like 10,000 of them just and it doesn't have to yeah, be three sure. it, just the, you know, yeah just make the yeah. point I would say two, <laughs> yeah. two is definitely out two will not work yeah two is definitely it's gotta out. Be three, three or, more, or more three to like maybe six uh, you know, yeah. something like that. Yeah. If for a really but, yeah. long pause, they make it fair. You'll go you know? for six or seven. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Hey, say, Chris, while I, <laughs> while I have you, while I have the phone, um, you have a do you have a religious background? What? I do. I I was raised um, in a uh, series of uh, Protestant non-denominational churches. And uh, uh-huh. I kind of got away from that for a bunch of years, but I had kids and, you know, my grandparents are still super religious. So anyways, um, but I ended up actually converting to Catholicism back in 2018, I think it was. Um, yeah, that, yeah, it was 2018. Was, that was just a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. So much has happened in the last two years. So, uh, ah. but but yeah, I, I I I am I am religious. Oh, okay, okay. I was just wondering. I see a little <laughs> bit of that. I used to preach in churches out of high school. I uh, my whole first half oh, okay. of my life was church, 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 and my parents used uh-huh. to steeplechase, and and it was all Protestant. Some uh, a lot of Pentecostal. I even faith mm-hmm. healed myself and put like my hands on people's foreheads at the end of church things and so anyway I definitely witnessed a lot of that yeah yeah You're I, I was an active participant <laughs> but yeah. anyway yeah well, I saw well, a little I, bit I, of I, uh, you, uh, that's why I asked was because there seemed to be like a little kind of religious um, in in both um, uh, the Dan place and the Dan ones um, a little bit of a kind of a um, religious consciousness in it. 
Yeah, and especially in the Damned Ones, um, I mean, it's mentioned in the first one some, but the, the second one focuses a lot more on that. And, um, you know, and, and a lot of it's just my feelings. I, 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 uh, I got really, really, really burned um, at some of these churches by some of the people and the, uh, the attitudes and directions that they were going, the ideas that they were trying to promote. Um, a lot of it really didn't sit well with me, but at the same time, I, I do have an appreciation and respect for a genuine faith. Um, you know, not something where you're clubbing somebody else over the head or, uh, you know, constantly preaching fire and brimstone and, and, you know, if you're not in lockstep with everything I'm saying, but, but, uh, but, but hypocrisy pisses me the fuck off really bad. I mean, yeah, I hear that. So, so, yeah, uh, I, I, you I know, guess, in the I mean, damned ones, I the kind same of, thing too. Yeah. 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 In yeah, the, I, in I, the damned ones, it, it is a, it's a huge um, blasting of hypocritical, insane, types of religion especially within you know the christian faith you know and, and yeah. you know write what you know i grew up in that i saw that i witnessed that and there's plenty of angles to make that that kind of stuff scary so roll oh yeah it. it's, it's fertile territory all around you can never Absolutely. come up with something unoriginal um when you're inspired by that kind of thing I don't know if um, I was listening to a little uh, half of it um, because I'm I'm uh, working on on stuff on the computer. Um, um, I don't know if anybody asked you yet, but what um, what made you um, write horror versus you know you could you could be like a fantasy author or a romantic author. What made you want to write specifically horror? <sighs> I, I, it's hard to exactly pinpoint, but one thing that I've had my entire life is I absolutely adore suspense. Like, the more suspense, the better. If you can make me need to take Xanax by the end of a book or movie, you have done me a great service. I love that stuff. And from what I was reading and watching, and again, I very uh, – conservative religious upbringing so I, I i wasn't able to go see all the same movies all my friends at school saw i couldn't read i wasn't allowed to read stephen king until i turned 18 um wow and but hey, so, by the way, so, so the, right 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 and now i've read pretty much his whole catalog but um but anyway so but but the more suspense i could find the the more excited I got about a story, and um, I think it was seventh grade uh, in the 90s, and I was at a buddy's house for his birthday party, and they had gotten their hands on a copy of Hellraiser, and I had never seen it. They also had Demon Knight and something else. Anyway, it was it was levels of horror I had never experienced before, and seeing those movies and getting introduced to those ideas – and and feeling the hair on the back of my neck standing up in certain scenes, you know, uh, in Hellraiser when she goes down that corridor that opens up in that hospital room and that monster's charging back at her and she's trying to get out and you know I was just oh, yeah. oh my god this is freaking awesome you know mm-hmm. and and and, I, and and through horror I discovered my love of suspense. Now I love Tom Clancy suspense novels too, 
you know, military uh, spy thrillers and such. But mm-hmm. I, I always found where I got the, the most potent levels of suspense when it was done well was in horror, and that's, and that's kind of what led me in that direction. I, you know, and I, I call myself a suspense author, not necessarily a horror author, because I do both. I do thrillers and horror and suspense, um, but everything I write, is uh, it has to fundamentally be a suspense story to keep me interested. Yeah, you know, I've come That's to learn that break. there's a, an amount of horror in everything, even in lifetime mm-hmm. television movies. Um, because, oh, you know, Lord, even <laughs> domestic domestic uh, relationship type, you know, stuff where people have affairs and, and it, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to include vampires or werewolves or anything, but that right. in itself is a type of horror. There's a type of horror they mm-hmm. can find in any conflict, in any kind of fiction, mm-hmm. as long as there's conflict. Yeah. There's there's terror, there's suspense, there's uh, thrills that make you um, want to go. You know, okay, there's a villain, there's there's a, a good guy. Even there's a, a, some horror in Star Wars too. Um, no, sure. Because people die, nope. and when people die, there's horror. There's you know, there's a villain inflicting pain on somebody. That in itself is horror. Um, but yeah. with horror literature, it expands on that to make the whole thing kind of this that 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 animal. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, so it's um, um, it, it's 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 kind of like all inclusive with um, how we live and perceive things, and and you can find horror in just about everything. And I I I'm of the opinion that uh, that. Us horror writers that are more inclined towards horror um, kind of just um, use that as an accordion and expand it to all kinds of other realms. Like I've I've talked yeah. to Clive Barker about that too. Uh, back when he was kind of mentoring me um, uh, a while ago, which was cool, and that's a whole other animal. But um, um, I mean, it's just uh, that's that's. You know, like I was talking about with church and everything. I even mm-hmm. I, I wrote the book for Halloween four, but in junior yeah. high school, in high school, I was against people that that saw those movies because of the old Jesus yep. Church thing and stuff, and mm-hmm. and uh, and it was just a bad thing. You know, you have to like just um, have positive thoughts, not negative thoughts like horror does, and everything. It's all Satan, Satan. Yeah, wants you, and, to do you know, that. I got it, so, you know, I got. So so much of that same kind of attitude, you know, because I've been writing since I was, you know, very young, but I only started publishing in 2017. Um, and, you know, and I'd come up with these ideas. Sometimes I wouldn't even write it out. Sometimes I'd just say, oh, what about this? How cool would this be? And then I'd just go like pitch black dark on something. And I've got all these gaping moths staring at me like, oh, my God, you know, and, of course, they were Protestants, mm-hmm. so they didn't make the sign of the cross, but they were just, you know, basically holding their fingers to their mouth. And uh, and saying how can how can you have a relationship with God if you're thinking of such evil things? It's, it's not real. It's not, it's not actually evil when it's made up, right? I'm like oh, I totally did, you know. And so there was a lot of that going on because um, you know I'm also a musician and I used to play on their bands. Uh, you know the, they have all the, the lights and the you know, it's almost like a rock show on Sunday mornings. And um, you know, I played I played the lead guitar for them for years and, and stuff, and it was just like anytime I would bring any of that up, it was just such an instant 
I, I don't even know how to describe well, it. I mean, it was certainly judgment, but it was just it, – it, it was so oppressive that I was terrified of really exploring a lot of those ideas for a lot of – for a lot of time until I got out of there. So I'm glad yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, me well. too. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know exactly how you feel. I, I wanted to be a Christian yeah. rock star. <laughs> Back in the day, I was yeah. totally into Keith Green. If you've heard of him, Randy Stonehill. Yeah. And some of those were my mm-hmm. idols growing up um, in the in the early 80s. Um, and uh, I, I just I wanted to, like, you know, uh, kind of um, – do that thing, and and I was in conflict mm-hmm. with my, you know, tendencies to want to do the horror stuff. Um, I right. was a closet horror enthusiast, and <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it's just it's release uh, because uh, even even with that, I mean, horror is just I mean, uh, people in like you were talking about that were like um, putting their hands to their mouths and stuff. Um, uh, they they experience horror every day at home, uh, mm-hmm. m- more likely than not. Maybe not every day, but you know, there's always conflict. There's always like, um, okay, this neighbor, what is this neighbor doing? I, I, I'm pissed off about what they're doing with the fence. I'm doing this and that, and that's the advice that I give to writers too. Sometimes is wh- where do you get your ideas? Well, from life, you know, even from something yeah. as simple as that. Yeah. And, and werewolves mm-hmm. and vampires and demons from other dimensions and stuff like in the Dan ones, um, uh, mm-hmm. they're um, uh, they're just uh, something from something that we experience that we just uh, we put on paper as something different, but it's representative, um, you know, right. of, of just life. It's, it's the symbolism. Just, that's what horror yeah. is all about, but, you know. And and you do that, and and with your work. Too and Tom's and and um, and a lot of a lot of authors that I'm exposed to because you know I, I I'm all about horror literature and 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 everything is is the purveyance of all of that it's just something as simplistic and then you put it on paper and you distort it like werewolves aren't real as far as we know mm-hmm. and people can't actually turn into that mm-hmm. like an American werewolf in London as far as we know. <laughs> but I mean, but, but it's it's um, it's an expression. It's a it's a you know it's something that's on paper. Like uh, like if a school bully uh, that um, pisses you off, that like uh, really wreaks havoc on your life and stuff, you put it on paper as a werewolf, then there you have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and, and and people like that in your life are, you know, in one way, just sort of a vampire. They, uh, you know, they they suck. Not only your joy, but but your uh, but but your happiness and and and, and your your uh, your willingness They're to toxic. do things and be in certain areas. You know, you know, if, if if people are being bullied, it's just like all the life is drained right out of them at some point when when nothing is done about it. Um, yeah, there's and, a lot of toxic people. And that and that and that's you know, it, it's so easy for me as as an author to see that as a vampire. And to easily, you know, be able to create something from that. Exactly, and I've always said, and this is, uh, I've said it so often that it's a cliche, but um, the school shooters, uh, Mm -hmm. if they wrote about it on paper instead of doing it, then they have a book instead of, you know, instead of killing people and being in prison. And and um, yeah, if and there's all anything the nine yards that, that will help prevent it. that, yeah. absolutely, yeah. 
Yes, writing is therapy, especially horror writing, if you're so Mm -hmm. inclined. I agree with you on that, Nicholas, because I agree with you on that, Nicholas, because sometimes I use characters that are patterned after real people that have, uh, well, how do I put it? Uh, Basically, have shit on me in the past and I haven't forgot. So, you know, you got a few of the common barrier names that I reuse over again as a first name anyways. And his last name sounding like it, and it just—it's very therapeutic to kill off or maim or mutilate somebody that really pissed you off in the past. I mean, exactly. Make it epic. Yeah, I, yeah, I, mean, I really it's, yeah. It, first it, 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 it's a lot like what names. Taylor Swift does, <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Even though that's not horror, but I mean, you know, she writes about ex-boyfriends and everything. But it's all creativity, and it's all, like, expression and taking things out of your life and putting them on paper and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, even ex-girlfriends for mm-hmm. mine with my writing and stuff, I, I get, like, a release by uh, creating them as characters in stories um, and stuff and, and, well, have them killed off or just, you know, just things that piss me off in my real life. Uh, and that – and. Just you know, like I said, writing is therapy. It's just it's the whole nine mm-hmm. yards. It doesn't yeah. even have to be that necessarily. You could even make things up out of out of your butthole. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. you can have a dream that has nothing to do with your life and wake up and go, hey, that would make a great book too. Um, but yeah. still, um, hey, hey, Chris, um, uh, yeah. So you play guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how good are you? Yeah. Would you say? Oh, I I would uh, I would classify classify myself as intermediate at best. You know, I I mean I can solo a little bit. I can run a few scales, um, but I don't practice every day anymore. I used to for years, but uh, you know I'm I'm okay. I'm 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 no I'm not gonna blow anybody away. Now, oh, that's on, on the scale of, like, say, Hendrix to Page, um, mm-hmm. I guess, are, are you <laughs> kind of on the uh, in-between, maybe like a Stevie Ray? <laughs> okay, so on a on a scale of legends, um, I, 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 I can't I can't even I can't even approach that scale. <laughs> oh, okay. I'd, I'd probably be more well, you could. I mean, like the uh, like like. Uh, What's his name? Of course, now I'm going to forget about it. But uh, anyway, the guy from Disturbed. Um, I mean, I might could play on some on a level like that, but I I couldn't I couldn't approach Jimmy. <laughs> I bet you could Ooh. play Wipeout. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Who cares? I used to play piano too back when I wanted to be a Christian singer. And stuff. I used to uh-huh. play piano, write original songs and stuff. It, it's funny because some of the, so, especially like John Skip and Craig Spector, they had their own band. Mm-hmm. And even Craig Spector nowadays, he still like does music and stuff. Some of the, um, what even Stephen King, I used to go um, uh, back in the day, back in the early 90s, and see the Rock Bottom Remainders. And he would like be up there center stage with his guitar singing Sea of Love. So a, a lot of like horror writers seem to be a little bit musically yeah. inclined sometimes. So that yeah, would, and, yeah know, I was curious years, about that too, about how far that yeah. went with you. 
that was <laughs> that was my sole uh, outlet for writing for probably close to a decade. Um, because I had just started writing a few short stories and well, I mean, I had something I was taking seriously, not, you know, you know, 10 years old, making up some BS on a piece of paper, but actually trying to write a short story. I had written a handful. I ended up married. Um, and, and, you know, that, that just didn't seem to mesh well with my writing. You know, uh, anytime I try to do that, it, it, seemed to cause a conflict however i could play music all i wanted and write songs all i wanted and we didn't have that conflict so i did that for a long time and finally that when that fell apart i went back to writing these stories again and that's when it all sort of really started to flourish um i guess that was probably 2014 ish and uh and then a few years later i finally got published and here we are so what what was uh, the yeah. first thing that you ever got published? A Murder of Saints. Uh, and that was my first novel, and uh, the first thing I'd ever published at all, actually. Uh, oh, it at was, all? It was Even published. before awesome. that, no short stories, just a full novel right no off the short bat. Story. I, I dove straight into that, a 450-page novel, I mean. man. <laughs> that's Good. awesome. Good. I, I, awesome. Yeah, I, I went cool. in feed first. I started that back in like 2008 and wrote all but maybe the last two chapters, three chapters of the first uh, the uh, the first uh, draft, and wasn't able for whatever reason at the time I was not able to finish it. And you know, and that whole thing with the ex-wife happened, and so it was years and years and years. I think sat incomplete. And then I finally found myself single again and time on my hands and I could do whatever the hell I wanted. So I started writing again and uh, finished, finished that book in first draft. And, of course, there, it was about eight more drafts from that point until I got to where I was happy enough to publish it. Um, you know, luckily, nowadays, I don't tend to need that many drafts. Um, but that was my first book and it had been started so long ago. There was a kid who had started writing it and, and, and a grown man who came to finish it and I had to get it all polished up. So. Yeah, but but that's, that's, you know, the first <clears> one <throat> is always the, your baby anyways, you know, cause oh, yeah. I, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I always think that, yeah. you know, the, uh, that, that's where you, where your, where your full passion actually is bared for the, you know, everybody. So. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. My, yeah, my, I bled all over those pages. <laughs> I can imagine, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, but, but I mean, at, but at the end of the day though, that's, that's what makes it pay itself off, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I look back at it now and I'm like, Oh, I see a little problem here and there and everything. And it's like, but you know what? It's, it's been out for nearly three years and I, I honestly wouldn't change a thing in the world about it. it. It's, it's just like your kid, even with all their flaws, you think they're perfect. And that's mm-hmm. kind of where I am, you know? So what are you working on now? Yeah, Chris? Um, right now, I'm actually I've got a couple of projects. One is with uh, a, a fellow writer, M. Innenbach, um, and Patrick C. Harrison III, for, who is uh, one of the owners of Death's Head Press. Um, the three uh-huh. of us are doing a little anthology together. Uh, we all came up with a prompt, and uh, and each wrote a short story for that. So it'll be nine short stories. That's that's 
we're slated to try to have that out by um, by the time KillerCon comes around, if if there's still going to be a KillerCon with all this coronavirus stuff. But uh, and then and then me and uh, Mike Innenbach are also working together on an epic science fiction cosmic horror story that is going to be at least three books, possibly four or five. Uh, But yeah, it's uh, the thing alien event horizon and some of its own shit all rolled into one uh, really, really epic scale story. So we're really excited about that. We've, we've been working on it for close to a year. Um, but uh, we, we kind of got sidetracked with this other project, but we're about to be diving back into it and, and getting that finished up. So hopefully maybe by the end of the year, early next year, we'll have that finished and, uh, and ready to sub. Well, um, that's cool. If, if, if you don't mind uh, taking requests, if it's possible, sure. would you be able to try to incorporate maybe anything off of uh, the Black Hole, Disney's uh, dark attempt at Star Wars? Oh, my God. I love that movie. <laughs> Me, too. Um, yeah, I watched that a few weeks ago. I got Disney Plus for my kids. <laughs> And, and it was on there. And I was like, I can't believe this. I haven't seen this since I was a kid. And I watched it, and the robots were super cheesy and everything. But the ending was so freaking dark. I was like, that's awesome. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love uh, Black Hole. Um, anything outer space. I ask my wife. She's always leaving the room to go watch TV elsewhere because I'm turning on these ridiculous science fiction – or not science fiction, but uh, just outer space documentaries with – uh, all these oh leading scientists gosh, interviews like they come all the time yeah. because it just fascinates me and and she's just like I don't give one shit oh. never mind two I'm out you know <laughs> that's what I do with Nick too like oh you gotta see this and I'm like oh really no no do I have yeah, to back home I'm, like, I'm gonna many, go watch Catfish or dance. How many real housewives do I have? King of the Hill. I want to learn about Neptune. You know? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, you know that they actually finally, you know, it only took 40 years, but they finally released the soundtrack to it. (laughs) Oh, for the the Black Hole? Yeah, better than ever. I, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, yeah, my my, my wife's in the same way. Cause I I got my copy uh, last week, and it's still sitting in rotation. So she's had to deal with it for uh, forty some odd hours. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, you know, but yeah, you know the, the things you do for love, you know. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> No, hey, the things that women do. The Real Housewives. Oh, I love you, lost, but I'm so. gonna go into the other room now. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'm gonna go later. in the other room now, <laughs> and you can watch that, and I'll see you in the morning, my jerk. Honestly, that's the we... women's opinion. Oh, yeah. When you hear the famous phrase of. Tonight on Turner Classic Films, we have 
1969's 2001 A Space Odyssey, directed by Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> and how to lose your wife in, you know, in a different room. <laughs> That's why God made oh. all the TV, so that we can stay yeah. together. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, do do your wife still say, I love you, and they'll give you those kisses. I'm going to go in the other room now, jerks. Oh, yeah. That's what we're really doing. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, it's not necessarily a daily occurrence, but almost. <laughs> next time you watch those science fiction, next time you watch those science fiction things, watch your wife. She'll be, hey, uh. That smile will be gone, mm-hmm. and she's gonna say, "Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm gonna go in the next room. I love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm well, out of here." But, yeah. that's you, but but that's how you take a picture. You know, you, you grab the phone, you take a picture, and then you've got visual reference for the female antagonist for the next book that you might be working on sometime down the road. <laughs> and there you go. Gold. The woman yeah. who Gold. never says she's mad at you, but she wants to wring your neck. <laughs> oh, she has no problem letting me know when she's, she's She will not kill happy. you in the Black Widow. She will kill you in your sleep. Yes, <laughs> yes she will. <laughs> yeah. Do you let your wife be with your stuff? The morning after. Do I do? The proverbial, be prepared for the morning after. <laughs> See, you guys got your book. There's your next book or short story. Perfect. Because it's going to be short because she's just going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yep. Do you let your wife read your stuff? Does that give you an ind- as an indicator? I mean, she give you a barometer on how you think it's going to be? Um, I have always offered for her to read some stuff and I have, and she has read a few, uh, snippets. Um, she read, uh, uh, not quite a full chapter out of, I've got a, uh, what's called a splatter Western coming out in May uh-huh. from death said press, um, uh-huh. actually ties into Hi. these damned books, uh, as, as nice. a matter of fact. So there's a, there's a fun crossover and, uh, but anyway, so I, I, I written this scene and, I it was both absolutely horrifying, but I was trying to mock the villain of the scene and uh, and make it also funny. So I was like, I need somebody to bounce this off of, and I read it to her, you know, and and, uh, and she thought it was funny, and she was like, kind of a little bit like, oh my god, you know, at the uh, <laughs> at the direction the scene had been going, um, but but uh, but she enjoyed it. She's read a couple other things, but. Uh, you know, we we've got a uh, a toddler, an eight year old, and a ten year old in the house, and so she doesn't have uh, a lot of time, time, time to, to read herself to oh. just sit down and read. So, um, ho- hopefully, in the understand. future, when these kids kids are all uh, wiping their own butts and taking care of themselves a little more, she'll have a little more time for herself to do some reading. Yeah, and, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to probably it'll probably be a, a safe bet to say that. Really some some of the books might be uh, not bedtime stories just yet. Oh no no no, they're certainly not. <laughs> oh yeah, 
No. No, this, this is best read first thing in the morning with the sun shining. That, that is a anyway, pretty good question you. that is asked right there. And maybe Tom and William and, you know, you're you're presenting something that you wrote to someone that you love and you want to spend the rest of your life with. Is it scary or are they going to say, oh, there's too many commas? Oh, why is this period here? Uh, my, wife, my wife's brutally honest about this. It's mostly the storyline. She's brutally honest, so, you know, she'll tell me. And, yeah, so oh, you got to change mine. this first chapter, or you got to change this, or, you know. And she reads a lot. She always has, so, you know. So, yeah, and I bounce know, ideas I off my wife all the time, uh, you know, mm-hmm. to the point that sometimes she'll start to get a little bit like, uh, you know, but she, she takes the time and she'll listen to my idea and then say, okay, this part of that works, but, but I don't like this. What if you did this instead? Mm-hmm. And then suddenly I'll be like, oh, my gosh, I got a new story here. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just oh. because picking her brain. Uh, that yeah. happened with Dust, which is my Splatter Western. I, they approached me. I had published once with them before, and they said, hey, uh, we've we got this series coming up, Splatter Westerns, blah, 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 blah. Here's the details. Do you want to, uh, to have a spot in this? And, I, and at first I was like, man, I'm not really sure. I don't know how to do a Western. I've never t- thought about that, blah, blah, blah. I bounced it off my wife. And then she said, and and then she gave me the title. She's like, whatever your story is, it's going to be called Dust. And she's like, and you can absolutely do this. And then we talked for a little while, and all of a sudden, this story uh, built itself around the title she gave me, and the ideas we were bouncing off. And suddenly, I had a new novel, and and it was terrific. You know, nice. But, Ta-da. Yeah, yeah, just, hmm. just crazy how that happens sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I had an idea for a novel you know called Dust, strike too, when you, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, but that's how you know you strike when the iron's hot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's always the best way of handling those things, that's for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, Chris, I have yeah, to admit, I have I a little mean, bit different background than you on the, the, the Christian thing. I went to church every Sunday, but fortunately for my, my parents, I guess I would say a little more liberal in my reading because my dad had... Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, he had like books like Hiroshima down in the basement on a shelf, and me being curious, I read that when I was at elementary school. And my mom, she was a bad influence because she she liked to stay up late and watch the horror movies that were on on the late late shows, and she'd get me up to say, "Well, I missed you all day. I was at work." That was her excuse to say that she was too scared to watch them by herself. So <laughs> oh, they kind of cool. badly influenced me that's, that's, at that that's at, funny at that four, you five, that and six. I grew up well, in probably not Jehovah's Witnesses, but I'm kind of up there. I don't want to say what religion because I don't want to talk religion on the show. But I grew up very, very religious. And when I was eight years old, uh, The Exorcist came on HBO in 1980. Classic. Mom had HBO, and my mom made me watch The Exorcist with her. And I was like, oh, I love this movie. And I was hooked on horror flicks ever since. And my mom's like, I don't think I did a good thing. <laughs> well, well, I mean, you know, what you can always do is, you you know, you 
improvise, especially for people that are not too familiar with the genre or the film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, you know that, that that's the way that I've dealt with some of my sheltered friends. I was like, listen, mm-hmm. we're going to watch a movie. It's really wonderful. I think, you know, I think you're going to like it. This is going to be right up your alley. This is about a mother who's coming to terms with her daughter just coming into puberty. It's called Carrie. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, yeah, let's watch it. Okay, so how do you explain the crucifixion? Very, very carefully. Yeah. <laughs> that was one restriction we had. My mom wouldn't let me watch The Exorcist when it first are, came out. So I had to wait a year. Yeah, you kind of look at your well, mom. What are cops? Why is she coming in hell? Yeah, exorcist is even easier. Just it's more of the, the uh, troubled single mother <laughs> trying to raise her daughter. Daughter's finally schizophrenic, has a little bit of a mental issue. <laughs> <laughs> what are costs and why? And, you know, you're thinking... I grew up in South Carolina, Carolina Gamecocks, okay. So she's sucking, you know. Yeah, the Carolina, Carolina Gamecocks. Yeah. And, oh. <laughs> okay. It was a bad season that, that, at that time when now? they were filming it. Yeah, see? I have, I have to admit, oh, the exorcist didn't bother me as much when I was young as when I got older. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I lived a little bit, but when I was younger, it didn't scare me at all. Now it's like, when I got older, it's like, damn, this is a terrifying movie. <laughs> you know, maybe it grew some sense when I got older. The first time I saw that was, with, was the, uh, the re-release in theaters, like in the early 2000s. Oh, my God. That was the first time I, I actually saw it. Oh, yeah, when they did the director's. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the director's cut. And I, and I remember oh, uh, there were some friends the of mine. Did that not creep yeah. everyone out? She's been watching it in the previews, God, and she did it, and you're like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> Even though you watched the movie, did you still not see the preview in the movie theaters? You go, ah! I did. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't recall I was that. the assistant manager of the movie theaters, and I was watching the preview, and I was like, ah! <laughs> That's the way to do Everybody it. Everybody's yeah. gonna look at me. <laughs> I'm gonna leave now. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, we're gonna hey, have I this mean, movie you know. in our theater in two weeks. <laughs> Can't wait to see you. <laughs> but, but hey, think of, hey, at least they never made that film in 3D. Because that would have been even more awesome. Oh, oh my Jesus! Gosh. Oh, imagine, imagine the, the puking <laughs> scene in 3D. Imagine the pea green soup that had to come out of them 3D. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jesus, <laughs> that'd be a mess. Oh man, that would have yeah. been. Oh, we. You know, what we got to do is we got to constantly email the distributor of The Exorcist and say, "Please make it in 3D now. Please make it in 3D now." We'll be your best friend. I think friend. people would uh, ignore the coronavirus, and I think they would rush to the theaters to see The Exorcist in 3D. I would. Oh, I yeah. would, too. Yeah. It's like coronavirus, what? Yeah, no, give me favor for a week. I'm I'm going. 
I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll take 14 days in isolation. Sure. <laughs> I, 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 I want to just, just put me in a nice place with a nice view, you know. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Bring a Snickers. You might not be going anywhere for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Nick, would you agree? Would you see The Exorcist in 3D? Um, No, I would rather see something that's more horrific than The Exorcist. The Exorcist isn't horrific for me. Dude, you're going to get puked on by pea soup. The thing is about um, uh, The Exorcist is it it originates from, from Catholicism and exorcism, and that there uh, can be somebody, there's such a thing as, as somebody being possessed by a demon that a priest has to exorcise, and all that is a little bit less sensational to me than, say, a contagion or werewolves or vampires that seem to me more surreal and more, you know, because um, um, I, I still believe if there's demons to this day, as long as you believe in the right thing, uh, then they have no power over you. I mean, uh, I, that's one of the things I've seen from my past that still exists in my head, in my essence today. The Exorcist was more of a of an exploitation of profanity and a demon that can do crazy things that make you scared, which in itself is fantastic, but it doesn't scare me. Really. Oh, come on, Eileen Deeds. It's just cool. I leave the face coming right at you, right there. Okay, so so Nick, what are what is what are your thoughts on um, Stigmata from uh, 2000? Oh, don't that was creepy. Stigmata, Stigmata, that was with Gabriel Byrne, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I think he was in that one too. He, he was I, in two of them. He was in End of Days. Uh, end of, yeah, end of days, uh, and I think Stigmata. I love Gabriel Byrne. Mm-hmm. Give me anything that Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Nick, step outside real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, here we go. Hey, Nick, the only thing more no, heartbreaking and uh, terrifying than. You get like one of those funny feelings like when you climb the rope in gym class? One of those oh. types of things that we're trying to say? That's how you think about when you watch Gabriel Byrne and, you know, especially Stigmata. Yeah. You know, Nick, I think the only thing more terrifying and horrifying than The Exorcist is probably Rosie O'Donnell on a thong. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom, you know, she, she, she's down here in South Florida, so, uh, oh, no, Jesus you know, God. If, if I see her on the beach, I'll take a picture for you and go, hey, what is she something really scary? I think I got a barf. Oh, how do you go from America's sweetheart to America's most hated, like overnight? <laughs> Very carefully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell got ten books. <laughs> uh, I had to. Be, that, that, I had to throw that. That was actually a good one. That was that was a good one. Sorry, guys. Definitely. I had to. I had to have that on one. That yeah, yeah, I got a warped sense of humor, but then again, I'm a horror writer, so what can I say? <laughs> That's all right, you know. That's, yeah, you know, it's the nature of the beast. We we well, laugh louder truth. than the clown. 
Yeah. But hey, that's the way yeah. to do it. I mean, yeah. You know. That's because we get to brutally. Well, Chris. But then, like I said, you, I'm, you I'm that guy that so I had an ex friend that I've killed off or mutilated at least three times in stories and books. So, you know. <laughs> You know, yeah. felt good about doing it too. <laughs> you know, I'm, but, hey, I mean, I'm that way. No, nothing wrong with that. Chris, you know, no. Chris, yeah, but, by the I mean, way, I, you and your wife are like yeah. Ken and Barbie. <laughs> Thank you. Oh come on, you guys are so cute. Did you? Come on, Tom, William, you've seen the photos. Aren't they adorable? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Definitely <laughs> very, very cute, man. We're just, very, we're very cute, cute and cool. Precious. <laughs> <laughs> no. She she looks like Yo. an absolute model, but she can drink you under the table and eat like 30 wings at one time. <laughs> so she's also cool to hang out with, you know? So I hit the absolute hey. jackpot with her. What, you definitely, he, you know, that, is, that's what we know the internet right there. You know? <laughs> is is she awake that, right now? I bet she's awake. No, she's not. She had surgery earlier this week, so she's kind of resting up and she's already in bed. Oh. oh well, please uh, wish her the best for us. I, I yeah. was going to, until you said surgery, I was going to say, well, then wake her up and say, hey, <laughs> say, hey. But no. Don't do that. Yeah, no, I I, otherwise we're going to see. Yeah. We, we we don't need the Exorcist four. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, and I certainly don't want it here. Yeah, it, you, you, you don't want to hear yeah. like why 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 did you put me on this phone with these strange people. <laughs> yeah, we're weird. We, we, what? 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 Are we need you. you to, we need you around to write the books more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Blog Talk Radio is about to bring that British woman on to say oh. that we are now officially off the air, and I want you. Sorry, I had to burp. Uh, Chris, to go ahead and tell us where everybody can find you on social media. So on social media, you can find me on Facebook. I have a Facebook page. It's uh, uh, Chris Miller dash author or author dash Chris Miller. I forget at the moment. It's one of those. Um, look me up. I've still, I, I still haven't gotten to five thousand friends, so you can still friend me on Facebook. I'm on Twitter at CM Wordslinger, Instagram at Chris Miller Author. Uh, my website is authorchrismiller.com. Um, it's not totally up to date, but I am in process of that. And there's links to everything there and ways to contact me. And all my social media on the contact page is uh, is there. So just a click away once you get to the website. Well, cool. Okay. And do you have any upcoming projects? Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I'm glad we didn't scare you away. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. Always next time. Do you have any upcoming beforehand. novels that uh, you're, you're looking
looking forward to? Uh, of of mine, yeah. Uh, uh, Dust is coming out in May from Death Set Press. It's a splatter western. Um, and it does tie into the Damned Place and the Damned Ones, um, with a fun little crossover there. So so that could be exciting for people who already read those. But uh, but it'll also stand alone on its own as well. And then uh, the uh, the 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 anthology I'm writing with the other two authors. Um, it's it's going to be Cerberus something, maybe Cerberus Rising. We haven't decided yet, but 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 that's that's coming later this year. I'm also very excited about that. Nice, excellent. And look, well, we're uh, definitely looking forward to it as well. Awesome, awesome. Nick, you want to say anything goodbye? I I, I appreciate you guys having me on here. This was fun. Yeah, Nick's well, coming. Anytime, he wants Chris. To anytime at all. Else. I'm on my way. Oh. I'm on my way. I'm 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 coming. You're here. Okay. I go. It's a long ways. Okay. Bye. Okay. <laughs> it was really good to have that conversation um, with all of you, and especially with Chris. Um, and uh, onwards and upwards, Chris. Uh, you've got a like I think I told you on Facebook at some point or other. You've got a great future ahead of you. Thank you. Cool. Thank, that means a lot. Congratulations. That Chris. means a lot. Thank you. Yeah, and yeah, and I keep, tell keep you, going. Chris, next time, next time you're in the area, you better make fucking sure that you come see me. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what? If I had realized, it didn't dawn on me how close I was to you uh, when I was up there. <laughs> so you were well, you're very close. Happened. I even looked it up. I looked it up because you told me what place you were. You, I think you were eating at. So I looked it up. Mm-hmm. No, it, not Citrus Heights. He was in, um, oh, I forgot where now. Um, but it wasn't far. Right down the road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, please do. Yeah, please do. Yeah, I know that yeah, I, when I, I, when I wrote you, it, it was like you were leaving the next morning and stuff. So I totally understood right. that. But, you know, next time you see Cousin, look me up. Absolutely. Hey, we're planning a trip probably next year with the whole family, so I'll I'll, I'll definitely be there for a longer chunk of time. Uh, we can definitely get together. Awesomeness, awesomeness. Can't go wrong and there. Uh, if this coronavirus yep. thing blows over and everything is good by, say, next October, next Halloween, um, any of you authors are welcome to come over here and take part in our Halloween extravaganza giveaway free books to crowds of people. So last year, cool. Fred Weehy awesome. and Raina Young were here, and, and it was awesome. I'm a little concerned about the present climate, but it probably might blow over by fall. Okay. And so any mm-hmm. of you, uh, Tom and Chris, uh, you're welcome to, like, uh, like uh, you know, come by, and you'll cool, have, thanks. like, a bunch of books um, for free to give away. So, you know, uh, just keep that in mind. Yeah, so yeah. anyway, yeah, okay, I'll give it over to Francie, and uh, we'll all of us talk later. Awesome show. And uh, Yeah, very fun. awesome. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Very cool. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, this well, was a good blast. show. And, and, and Chris, totally, whenever you're ready to come back on the show, email me. Say, hey, I got this coming out. Can I be on the show? Absolutely, I'll yes. do it. All right, Absolutely. don't be shy. No, I'd love to come back. 
Yeah. And, and they just keep us in the loop in general, too. Absolutely, yeah. Cool. 100%. Yeah. Right. Um, who's ready to listen to some Willie Nelson? All right. This is time for me, I guess. Yep. Rock and roll. Yeah, we... or... All right. We got yeah. some. Okay. Good night, everyone. Willie... <laughs> Coming on. Hold on. Okay, here we go. Up this morning, looking for my shoes. Look behind the trunk, found the hesitation blues. Lordy, tell me how long. Lordy, tell me how long. Will I have to wait? Will I have to wait? Can I get you now? Can I get you now? Must I hesitate? Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.